The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the fourth chapter. Jesus went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. And in the synagogue there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. And they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. And he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now when the sun was setting... All those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. If you watch the Super Bowl this afternoon, at some point, Zoe Kravitz is going to show up and whisper an ad for beer. It is a risky $5 million exercise in counter-programming, using quiet to get your attention in the middle of a very noisy day. The bet is that quiet is the new loud. But you already knew that after hearing the gospel appointed for this morning. Last week, Jesus got bounced out of Nazareth during his very first sermon when the hometown folks got angry and loud and tried to toss him off a cliff. This week, Jesus is in trouble again at a synagogue in Capernaum, just 20 miles down the road. His second sermon isn't going any better than his first, and Jesus suddenly finds himself being heckled by a man in the grip of a demon. If you know Jesus like the devil knows Jesus, then this heckling is really no surprise. Jesus came to tell the truth, but the devil is the father of lies. And all his little devils are liars too. So this noisy interruption is just a little bit of follow the leader. Of course, as you heard, with a word or two, Jesus makes short work of that little guy. First, Jesus makes that liar tell the truth. 
And then Jesus makes him be quiet. You are the Holy One of God, says the devil. And then he is done for the day. And his hostage is released unharmed. And order is restored. With Jesus, quiet is the new loud. Our world is getting louder and louder for longer and longer each day. In the old days, nobody ever slept with their phone. But now, as constant noise and interruptions become normal, it gets harder and harder for our world to hear Jesus and to trust in him. So how can Jesus compete with the flash and dash of 24-7 chatter and entertainment and news and sports and distractions, especially when so much of it is crude and addictive and fake and gossipy and pornographic, or in a word, demonic? Jesus competes by doing for you and for me and for our world what he did in Nazareth and Capernaum. Ha, says the little devil to Jesus in verse 34. It's not ha-ha like, Jesus, your sermon is entertaining or amusing. That word starts a sentence which means something like, hey, Jesus, mind your own business, and if you don't, there will be trouble. Of course, it's a bluff. It's a threat that's loud and rude and meant to knock Jesus off balance. Nobody wants trouble, right, Jesus? So move on. But Jesus does not not move on. Jesus doesn't budge. And so the devil is forced to tell the truth. I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. Have you come to destroy us? And the short answer is, yes. Yes, Jesus the Messiah, the Holy One of God, has come to destroy every evil. Jesus is not just a counter-offer or an alternative or another way home or entertainment. Jesus is absolutely otherworldly, and so an antidote to our ills. He is the divine rebuke of anything that is evil and demonic. And Jesus is not here to argue. Jesus is here to erase the opposition. Jesus is here to make wrongs right. Not with noise, or with flash, or with the sleight of hand, but with a heavy dose of holiness, sourced from God the Father, and taught and touched to those who are in need. Divine holiness is so naturally heavy and energetic that when it rolls in, it actually displaces sin's and ills. It smothers evil, healing and restoring order and offering rest and bringing peace and quiet.
After all, when that poor man was thrown down and the devil came out, he was unharmed. Jesus gave him his life back, good as new. The rest of the gospel plays out between shivers and shrieks. As Jesus goes about his business, carefully and patiently and deliberately applying holiness to anything evil. And when he does, we see just how loud Jesus' quiet can be. When Jesus did holiness in the synagogue with simple words, folks were bounced out of their senses. They were astonished and amazed and even a bit panicked. They could sense that his holy words were startlingly opposite the normal 24-7 static of life. They could actually see his words doing the work. They could see that his words had authority. They saw the devil come out. It was the same when Jesus did holiness at Simon's house with a touch. Peter's mother-in-law was healed immediately and she was gratefully resurrected to serve Jesus, her new Savior. After sunset, it was more of the same. When Jesus touched a disease, the disease was erased. When Jesus rebuked the demons, the demons fled. Whenever Jesus bestowed holiness by word or by touch, evil was displaced and order was restored. And the world around him orbited quietly. Sometimes our no noisy world feels like it has gone from trusting to doubting to interrupting to hating Jesus all in one generation, all within my lifetime. If we take that as an insurmountable threat and then we cower or we flee, or we try to fight from our own resources, we are done for. But if we see that our world is really not so different from Nazareth and Capernaum, yes, it is noisy and it is sinful and it is troubled and it is broken and it is demonic, but that is not new. And if we remember that the same Jesus who was there with them in Nazareth and Capernaum is here this morning with us, with his holy word and his holy sacramental touch, it will free us from despair and from fear, and we too will survive and flourish as a witness to the Holy One of God. To receive his powerful holiness again today, through scripture and through his sacraments, is to be reordered, to have our wrongs made right, to have our devils cast out, to have our ills cured, to rise immediately and to serve him as our Savior in faith and hope and love. What happens here every Sabbath is a brilliant but quiet counterpoint in a very loud world. And it does the holy will of God on earth through you, even as it blesses you. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.